From TMP to TTNG For sure the care and those tired meme jeans Hella Kinsella and the promise ring Sunny day real estate and rights this spring Prince Twinkle Daddy's help keep the dream alive I constantly thank God for Algernon and Remo Christie front drive Mineral snowing high tide hotel you're and more Okay, episode 55 of the E-Word, jam-packed episode. Uh, this is our follow-up to episode 54, which was the episode that we came back on. This one's a little more lighthearted, though we're going to do a lot of... Um, we're basically doing drama alert for what's happened in the past three months. Oh, uh, Beautiful. <laughs> uh, this is Kyle. I'm recording here in Madison, Wisconsin. Joined again by Ellie in Austin, Texas. Ellie, what's good? Wouldn't wouldn't miss an episode for the world, Kyle. Awesome. Uh, we have four guests with us. We have one who is Aiden from Jail Socks. Aiden, what's Howdy. up? Howdy. Good to have you here. Pleasure to be here. And we have the entire band that is known as Guitar Fight from Fooly Cooly. Howdy, everyone. <laughs> sound like a fucking classroom. <laughs> Hi, Mr. Cole. <laughs> Before we get into talking about the two bands, uh, Ellie, do you want to just do a little bit of follow-up on everything that has happened between our summer hiatus? Um, yeah, so we recorded like three episodes in a row, and we were like, okay, the podcast is like gaining steam, and then uh, the the wave of protests started, and which just kind of, it, it kind of felt wrong to be uh, taking up space in in the internet uh sphere so we decided we were gonna take a little break and just try and uh do what we could to like boost other elements of the conversation and of course you know the protests are still going and injustice is still happening i i think uh the new approach that we're going to try and take is just to uh keep talking about it and keep uh doing like taking whatever actions we can uh while also still attempting to to live our lives so yeah this is the this is the e-word off pause Mm -hmm. um as far as like our personal lives i think uh me and kyle both uh were briefly unemployed kyle you are currently employed now um and i am fucking writing two books so i guess 
yeah. Yeah, but that's that, that's books. going on with Yeah, I'm gonna try and real fucking hard to uh I'm gonna grab Ian Cohen and say, Tell Pitchfork I'm the best music journalist of my generation and just pay me to to talk shit. We'd love to see that. How how about you, Kyle? What's going on with you? Um, yeah, I lost my job in July. I had forty days of unemployment and then I found a job, which is lucky. <laughs> Everyone with a stable job is probably going to get laid off by, like, the end of the year. I, I just don't understand how, like, we're expected to have no revenue in any in- industry, and, like, it's chill. I don't get it. That's yeah, certified on chill. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm personally glad that we took our break. I think a lot of other maybe podcasts or just accounts could have shut the fuck <clears throat> up for a little bit longer. Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe do more than just post, like... BLM ACAB like once and then just go right back to your fucking promo cycle. Yeah, I mean there there were a lot of like Instagram accounts that maybe just kind of didn't talk about their band or their project or whatever, and they were just sharing protest and in- information, which was which is better. But yeah, one one thing that we did uh, we did try to do we uh we did a paywall episode. This is like the first e word paywall episode we ever did. It was our <laughs> oh, shit. Did everyone hear that? Hell yeah. Fucking. The, the, the truck got angry at me. That was fucking a Coleman getting a to go to Duncan. The episode we did with uh, Megan from Foxtails about uh, getting Twinkle Dorks into hip hop, we put that behind a paywall. and Yeah, that was our first uh, dip into doing something behind a paywall. And I think it was a modest success. There were, like, we, like, raised. A pretty decent amount of money from just a stupid little podcast in an episode that no one really knew what it was going to be about. If you donated and went in on it, thank you so much. Um, I, we, we, we like truly did stop at the top of our game because our most played episode was the last one that we released, which was the Brave Little Abacus one. It was that was that was like a four hour recording session too. I think it was like, like yeah, it was like four and a half. <laughs> we fucking grounded out. Uh, Shout out though because uh, Adam was a fantastic guest, so open and warm and willing to talk about uh, everything that went down. And we also did uh, we did an episode that we didn't promote because it came out like immediately in the aftermath of uh, all the shit. The episode we did with Cassidy emo on film, um, yeah. which uh, in retrospect was a pretty funny episode. I think it was just us shooting the shit. Um, I think we made some if, interesting if, points about just, like, the emo culture in general. Yeah. Um, if you have access to a Netflix account uh, and Emo the Musical is still on it, I implore you to watch it. Like, just sit down, like, crank your eyes open with toothpicks and just, like, power <laughs> through. Because uh, it's a fucking trip. Never heard of that. that very... Sounds like a lot. Yeah, it's a it's a very weird experience. It's Australian, um, right? Is that what it is? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Which just adds another weird element to like how warped their view is of emo. Yeah, it came out in, like 2013, and they were acting like it was like right after the Black Parade came out. <laughs> Jesus. Lots of like lots of like Broadway singing. Uh, there's like. A quote-unquote emo band in the movie, and all their songs sound like uh, fucking the starting line B sides. It's real weird. <laughs> That's wild. 
Yeah. Uh, any other personal updates or e-word updates you want to alert people to? I think I think we just about covered it. Um, yeah. I'm like ram- I'm ramping up to to my own like announcement with the with the books and stuff. So this is I'm like announcing the announcement right now. I'm like posting <laughs> I'm posting a picture of like uh, like a like a guitar case and just saying soon. <laughs> Big thing is coming. All right, so let's talk about the new guitar fight record. No. <laughs> you're you're sick of this press cycle <laughs> if we must yeah soak is out um a bit of a surprise drop kind of uh, yeah it was more of just like i didn't feel like sending emails to labels and we were just like fuck it like we have it we can just drop it so we did it's hard i like how uh middle of night middle of night is literally like just an easy course song <laughs> Easy. That's the goal. <laughs> we're we're on that train. Like, have you ever heard of the band uh, Can't Bear This Party? I don't think I have. For some reason, the best like easy core bands of the 2010 wave had like Bear in their name, like Can't Bear This Party and Abandoned by Bears. I I I think that if you're writing like easy core, I think you should check those bands out. Oh, this looks incredible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 2012. <laughs> nice. Major key breakdowns since I have a I have a friend who like anytime something comes out that sounds like vaguely easy core influenced, uh, he just texts me easy revival 2K whatever. Um, and it's been five straight years of him texting me that, and we still don't have an easy revival. <laughs> We're one step closer with the guitar fight LP, I think. Also, the fucking I I do gotta give another shout out to the the guitar work on that on that LP because it's fucking phenomenal. Yeah, like just so so fucking creative. Say thank you. It does mean a lot, honestly. <laughs> I, I spent just hours. It feels like every day when I was like in the beginning of just me being like 19, just fucking practicing two hours every day, yeah, being all lonely and like not hanging out with anybody and being the fucking shut in while the homies are hanging out at the parties and shit. Yeah, Yuri was always too good for parties. He just wanted to make riffs, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's it's actually kind of nice that, you know, got a little better with the LP. We're definitely not done. Uh, I personally think that the new releases that we're going to do, uh, the riffs will be hotter. Ooh. So <laughs> hopefully we're going to get up there. This is also like the burying of the hatchet because... Uh, when Guitar Fight was on the, the freshman <clears throat> class. Oh, uh, I remember. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I said, I, said I, feel like, I feel like these guys got potential, but uh, they, they got to push it further. I think they're just not there yet. But Soak is, is there. Yeah, I, think, I think y'all are reaching your apex. So real proud yeah, of you. Was, it was actually hilarious because I remember when the when the podcast came out, I was like, oh shit, I wonder if we're going to be on it, right? I was pretty excited. And uh, it finally came up to like number four and I was like, oh shit, it's us. And then immediately after Kyle announced us, Ellie was like, yeah, this is the one I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> And I was like, ah, shit. Oh, oh, no. Here, here we go again. <laughs> yeah, but that's how you know that I'm, like, being honest when I say that I do love the new shit, you know? No, it was just yeah. funny. It, it really was funny. <laughs> well, one thing that I, that I noticed is, like, from, like, that freshman class, like, 
you guys just kind of like ran laps around some of the bands because like like by because by the time this lp came out like literally everyone was talking about it that night yeah yeah it's kind of weird i didn't think that many people like gave a shit but i don't know hashtag guitar fight broke the internet I, I I don't know if you know, but like, how did you get such a huge following from like just like kind of a rougher sounding EP like that? Pandering. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's pretty much it. Honestly, it was kind of weird because like uh, when Alpha Omega Murphy came out, it sat on Spotify for like six months with like fifty monthly listeners, and then it just kind of popped off because like Gammy and Commander Salamander were like this band is good. It's just, I don't know. People started give, giving a shit. That makes sense. I, mean, I think it's the power of shit posting too. <laughs> I No, like, you, you'd be surprised. I think, uh, like, DIY bands realize faster than anyone else that, you know, making a tweet that pops off is, is going to, like, get you way more attention than just, like, posting, listen to our record. Right, for sure. But, like, really, I... I, I think now, like, the most powerful promotional tool is just bands that people like talking about bands that they like. Yeah. Uh, I th- the internet's done a lot for, like, just word of mouth yeah. and the power of that. Yeah. Uh, do, do, do you want to talk about putting out an album in the middle of a pandemic? Does it suck? Or do you see anything good coming from that? Yeah, no. I think whenever shows are a thing again, if they're a thing again, um... I don't know, people are probably pretty hype. I think it'd be cool to just have people show up and, like, know an album that was released, like, a year ago, but, like, still seeing it like it's brand new. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it was kind of cringe uh, <laughs> not being able to play a show, like, the day after you drop a record. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Or just, like, you, you kind of look at a band like Dog Leg. It's like, how the fuck did we never get to hear that album live? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's and that can apply to any band really that's putting out an album now. It's crazy, but I just kind of hope that people don't forget about these like records that come out when like when shows happen in like two years. <laughs> the goal is to not break up by then, right? Yeah, I right. mean we're already we're already seeing some casualties. Binary just broke up. Ooh. They're they're putting out their last EP. Ooh. Um, yeah, that's fucked. And I feel like uh, I feel like by 2021 we're gonna see a lot more people just being like. I forgot how to play guitar, so band's done. <laughs> yeah. I have three children now. I don't even I don't know. <laughs> and uh jail jail socks were just in the studio, is that right? Yeah, we're still up here. Oh shit. Just chilling. We've been uh in fucking Pack Hong, New Jersey for the past two weeks. Fuck yeah. Absolutely vibing. In the stew. Big time. Wait, Aiden, are we gonna be Metallica riffs on the on the jail socks? A lot of palm mutes. A lot of Metallica-inspired palm mutes. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. You're tweeting about them all the time, so I just got to make sure yeah. we're staying true. No, you're how's definitely going to uh, be able to hear the Metallica influence. That's how's sure. the bass? How's the bass on the new Jail Socks? Bass on the new Jail Socks? Yeah. It's pretty dope. For older shit, we went, like, the Algernon route, where it was just, like, simple bass lines holding it down for, like, the guitar riffs. But, like, yeah. this time around, we're spending a lot more time writing bass. Pretty stoked That's on just- that. That's just the other thing I see you tweeting about a lot. <laughs> yeah. Every day, Jake, says, Jake does something cool that like blows my mind and reminds me have... that bass is the best instrument. Thank you, if Jake. I, if I played an instrument, I think I would play bass. Like It's cool. 
Yeah, it's just the it's just the the instrument I identify with the most. Yeah, bass is Virgo. Uh, do y'all have like a do y'all have like a schedule plan for like putting it out or anything, or are you just like playing it by ear? We're playing it by ear at this point because everything's so confusing for everyone right now. Yeah, yeah I'd like I was, to put it out immediately, but it's probably I was not listening to Axe to Grind and they were talking to like booking agents and promoters, and they were like, "We've had to like book." the same tour like upwards of five times there like, was oh, someone yeah. that was on 13 or something like that Bummer. yeah that's fucked they got like they got save the dates put down for like three years in the future um and like 10 people like holding for the same spot and just waiting to see like who drops out yeah it's it, it's such a fucking mess very strange like i think our next show like on our schedule is fest 2021 but like that's probably not even gonna happen but also congrats on fest oh yeah <laughs> thank you very excited about it if it happens the lineup for fest for fest 2020 was really really fucking good it, it was like a return to form but also has every diy band on it too yeah i was mainly excited about being on the same flyer as gorilla biscuits right that was the big one for me <laughs> so you've been recording for two weeks yeah we got like that's I a lot of time for like. A, I feel like so many DIY records are like one week max. I mean, that was our original plan, but um, we just decided to say fuck it and like spend a lot of time on it. That's sick. Can you say like who you're recording with or anything like that? Yeah, fuck it. Uh, <laughs> we're at the the barber shop with um. I think I forget. I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but I think it's Brett Romness. He did like the the last couple of free throw records. Oh, oh shit. Shit. shit! Yeah, that's awesome. Very that's stoked on fit. it. Right. Anyone else got any like plugs or promo they want to do real quick? Uh, we're okay. So we're going to the studio in October, and we we're recording four releases that are all better than Soak. <laughs> oh my god! No rest for the fucking wicked. Holy shit! Is that true? <laughs> four releases. Four releases. Well, we're going to try to knock out all four. We're going to get three, like, at the very least. But, I mean, none of the none of the shits have designated release dates or anything. So we could always go back if we can't knock it all out in, like, five days. Holy fuck. Who are you, That's Origami future, Angel? Though. Yeah. Out of, out of the four releases, how many are full length? Uh, none of them are full length. We okay. have... It is, that would be fucking wild. Yeah, it's uh, basically like two EPs and a split. That's dope. Back. And then a couple extra songs, so we'll see how that goes. I think that might be the future of putting out music, is just like a constant deluge of like singles and short releases. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Everyone's attention spans are just getting shorter by the day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially being stuck at home. That's why that one-day guitar fight rollout was fucking genius. Well, thank you, thank you, appreciate it. I didn't think it was gonna go go well, but it did. It's all right. I, I think everyone should just do that. I think the thing that really like boosted it was just everyone posting, "Oh shit, I got the new guitar fight like leaked," and then you just put it out the next day. So <laughs> you just like built all this hype like based on like this large large group of people who were like. <clears throat> basically functioning like a secret circle and then you just uh made everyone the secret circle (laughs) what happened was one person tweeted the track list or some shit or like a whole ass like music clip of them reacting to something and everybody was just like what is this 
I was like, I have like codes, and then everybody was like, "Give me the code! Give me the code!" Yeah, <laughs> that's wild. Also, uh, I I do like quarantine music videos where it's like your video and also the nice video is like oh the nice like, video yeah, yeah like yeah. all the fucking cameos and shit that's great. It's extremely watching, awesome. Watching Commander Salamander just like grooving in, in the fucking <laughs> garage in the nice video is so wholesome. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. Then Nando with the vape cloud at the end. I love it. <laughs> All right. Should we get into the topics? Yeah. Let's, uh, let's dive in because so much of this shit is like horrifying and then the other half of it is like hilarious. Um, so I, I think... I think it's going to be a good mix of just like open mouth, like terror, and this is so fucking dumb. Um, so I guess the first topic would be the recent quote unquote purgings in DLI and the music industry and beyond. The biggest one and the, the one that seems like it was last year already would definitely be the BART uh, grad life allegation that happened. I think the, the the bigger conversation was basically this happened like nine or ten years ago, and uh, we've all said shit when we were in high school. That's kind of right. what it amounted to. I mean, so the stuff that Bart was alleged to have said is pretty nasty. Yes, that's like, what there's definitely. Yeah, there's no way there's no way to like not acknowledge that, um, but like all of the screenshot evidence that has been accrued is mostly just Bart's friends saying shit and then also the accuser saying like even worse more out there shit. No, yeah, the, the person that accused Bart was like dropping the n-word and shit like that in text. Mm-hmm. Like I said like on the in the screenshots uh, I think the only thing that we saw was Bart saying the n-word. That was the only thing Bart did. And then everything else was other people and also the accuser. Um, and it's it's just like, it's really weird because Bart was like 14 when this happened. So like literally a child, like literally just left middle school. Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't know. I've, I'm struggling between like wanting more confirmation that Bart like, went to therapy and uh, like hammered out of the, the horrible things that they said. But I'm also wondering how like how effective it is to try and hold a child accountable like as a, like as an adult. Like hold an adult like accountable for actions they did when when they were literally like not they didn't even have a driver's license. Yeah. And then the way that people were talking about it, I, I feel like the the lack of nuance was insane. It reminded me of, like, five-year-olds, like, telling you not to say shut up because it was a bad word. Definitely. That was definitely a strange one. I feel like 14 no. is very young, you know? Yeah. But but then there were, like, tons of people saying, like, oh, I'm not surprised. Like, shit like that. That, that, that like, just kind of adds more nuance. Or uh, just more, like, what the fuck do you know that we don't know type of stuff. Exactly. Which I which I fucking hate. Yeah. Like when people just post, it, I, if I catch any of my friends listening to asterisk 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 on Twitter, we're <laughs> we're about to have a fucking fist fight. Like there's a fine line between like not outing someone to protect the accuser and just like showing off that 
you are in the know about something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you really are like not trying to out someone, then just shut up about it. Yeah, that's fair. Because, well, because otherwise, all, otherwise, all you're doing is try like trying to attract attention to something that the the the, the people involved, like including the person who was harmed, doesn't want to draw attention to right now. Yeah, I guess at, at this point it is good to clarify that Bart is like a full time Mom Jeans member, and I think counterintuitive. I don't know if they still did, but they removed all of the Mom Jeans and Bart records from their their store. Really? Yeah. So Bart is still Mom Jeans. So I could have swore I could have swore that Eric said something about like kicking Bart out, but I I don't know for sure. Yeah, that's the last thing I saw. Yeah, I think I saw something like Bart's gonna take a step back. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I didn't see that update. Um, Basically, it looks like Best Buds is in the store, but Bart didn't play on Best Buds. True. Not a Best Bud. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. (laughs) Sorry, Bart. A medium Bud at best. Yes, you were just a Bud. Did y'all see the shit where Eric from Mom Jeans is like? messaging people through like their store or some shit like yeah, that because that's kind of off-putting yeah and i i saw that jake from counterintuitive like investigated and kind of pressed into that to see what was up with that and apparently <laughs> eric had messaged that person to like say like what the fuck are you talking about and um they're talking to etsy to get the the comments removed because there's no proof and they said that they didn't do it at at all Okay, yeah. good. Um, yeah, I, I never uh, saw the resolution to that one. Kind of weird. You bought my shirt. Want to fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Hate that. I thought it was like uh, I thought it was like glassware, like blown glass or something. <laughs> it's a pipe and butt plug store. Oh, nice. That's lit. I think that's. If I had any like artistic talent, that would be what I wanted to do when I grow up. It's pretty sick. Can't do anything but respect it. Uh. So the second one we got on the list here uh, is stuff that I, like, am not in the know about whatsoever. I've just managed to completely avoid any Twitter talk about this. But the the third row stuff that you have? Yeah. Speaking of which, um, Jord, uh, I don't know how to put asterisks in the name and speak that. But anyway, Jord <laughs> mailed us the uh, Guitar Fight hoodies. Like, I didn't know that was a thing that was going to happen, but I guess they just did it. Because they just showed up at my fucking house yesterday. So they're Strange. still alive. So I guess to break this down, third row was like about a month ago. And that was people saying Jord was kind of being a creep, like flirting with them. But like using, I'm a fan of your record label. And then like sliding into DMs to like flirt with them type of stuff. They were also Very gross. Using, uh, Andy from worst party ever to yeah. like basically just take advantage of people like hey i'm friends with andy from worst party ever and yeah. that's just fucked up yeah that, don't do that shit at all but then like on top of this it seems like the record label was kind of going to shit because people yeah. weren't uh getting anything <clears throat> after months and months and months yeah. of stuff George was just not mailing anything out for any of the bands and there was also some like royalty discretions where some people put their music up through third rose distro kid and we're just not getting their money from streaming 
So is is this why all the bands kind of left at once? Yeah, it was. We were all just kind of like a big group chat. We we're like, all right, time to head out. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> Shit. Well, I'm sorry y'all went through that. In the past, life goes on. I think a lot of this stuff is happening after the Burger Records huge fallout happened, like about a month ago, which was. If people don't know, Burger Records is like the garage rock record label, and it's also a music venue. It's also a record store. It was forever like this DIY thing, but now they're like just gigantic. They have distribution and everything. About a month ago or so, there was like an Instagram account called Lured by Burger Records, which facilitated a ton of callouts, and basically like 30 plus bands have been called out all all these allegations and all and all this assault and all this horrible shit was just kind of facilitated by like a scene and like burger records is like going to is ceasing to exist like they're going away forever and stuff like that and i just think that's like really alarming that an entire scene with like 30 plus bands just kind of perpetuated like yeah being yeah, it, it it just like per- perpetuated like being a creep and like preying on young women and stuff like this and like I think that's what is really fucked is like a lot of stuff is the, the way the way that I thought about it is like the youth like are what like takes a music scene and like progresses it and like moves forward with it and all we do is like see them get used and uh, assaulted and stuff like that and it's so fucked. Um, were they the the label i didn't like see much about the whole situation but weren't they going to do like an offshoot kind of thing called burr girl records or something yeah after this happened yeah so basically like trying like save face so one day it 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 was them saying no we we never did this stuff and then the next day it was okay uh the two guys that run it are gonna step down and let this like woman run it and then everyone was like, fuck, no. So then they were like, okay, we're going to delete everything. That's wild. That's some mad Kamala Harris energy. <laughs> Girl boss energy. <laughs> Girl, Girl boss. <laughs> you think uh, the new owner of Burger Records exercised girl power by making excuses for the show? Um, the way that this like was like literally like a switch got flipped like overnight kind of reminded me of the power bottom situation from a couple years ago. Like it was just like done. There's no recovery. Um, yeah. Except it's not just power bottom. It, like like Kyle said, it's thirty fucking bands like just all participating in like this interconnected web of coercion and bullshit. Um, and that's fucking horrifying. That is fucked up. It's like some NCIS type shit. Yeah. Yeah. Some some deep corrupt shit. Yeah. Um, and Swimmers and, was involved in all that, right? Oh shit! Was yes. that? that? Yeah. Uh, there were some bigger bands that were like a, like kind of adjacent to that scene, like Swimmers and the Growlers. I don't know who the Growlers are, but they're like massive. Yeah, definitely heard the name. And the the crazy thing about Swimmers is that there was just like these really bad accusations leveled against the the member of swimmers who is billy joe armstrong's kid oh that's right Um, yeah yeah wow uh and billy joe armstrong has said nothing um 
But which I mean, I I understand because there's probably like legal stuff involved. It w- it would just make me like unbelievably sad if my my fucking pop punk dad just was like bringing kids up in an environment where uh, coercion and sexual abuse is just like okay. Mad fuck. That's fucked up. So that's been troubling. Uh, and then Ellie, you brought up all these cancellations that happened in hardcore, many of which I didn't know about. Uh, this happened like a couple years ago too, um, when Zach from Stone slash Expire got oh, called yeah, out, yeah. and then oh yeah, and then the hardcore predators Instagram page popped up and was like asking for more information about about people. Which uh, I don't I don't know if that's necessarily a good look, but it was it literally feels like this is this was just like a recycling of that because it was just like a huge fucking wave, Damn. and some of the bands just like kicked out the member and went on like Take Offense just kicked the person out, Dead Heat just kicked the person out, Chamber just kicked the person out, and then there's stuff that's uh, a little bit more complicated like Homewrecker, um, Matt Barnum from Homewrecker uh, got called out and. There's just been like, like the band disintegrated, but there hasn't been much word from like other bands that Matt Barnum was involved with, like Harm's Way, for example. Culture abuse just fucking imploded, and the that culture abuse fucked. situation, yeah, the culture abuse situation was fucked. Yeah, because the first thing I saw from it was the apology, and I was like, yeah. this is like a really good apology. Like this person seems to like outline all the actions that they did. They're taking accountability and not using their disability as like an excuse. And then I read the actual accusations and he didn't like address any of that shit. Yeah. Like I had the, like, the it, same experience going through that. Just like so deeply fucked up and insulting. That I think that one was like especially a blow because Culture Abuse was like a band that really did a lot for making like people with disabilities feel like they had a safe space at shows mm. and like being representative of those people in hardcore and it's just that's just fucking gone now then there was the ghost inside where the drummer uh just said the n-word uh (laughs) the drummer the drummer called a member of brace war the n-word oh my uh, god and the brace war member like called it out uh because the ghost inside was like being loud about Black Lives Matter, and he was like, you can't be loud about this shit without like acknowledging that one of your members did this, and he called me and apologized, and it was fucking bullshit, and the ghost inside is... I think this might have been like a bigger hit to their career than the fucking like, van flip. Um, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Bent, be Pantera. Bent Life uh, got fucking cut off the knees... Because essentially the fallout that happened two years ago, lead singer uh, did, again, what I thought was a really good apology. And then it turns out that he was just still doing shit. And, Fuck. Yeah. I didn't hear about any of the recent Bent Life stuff. Yeah. Uh, and they got, they got dropped from LDB, um, which, is, which is like how people like uh, got attention, drew to it. And then the last one, which I think is, like, particularly interesting. This guy, Harry Corrigan, uh, used to play in, like, a bunch of, like, pop-punk bands. Uh, has been called out, like, ten million times. Uh, and I haven't found, like, any evidence of him, like, taking accountability or making peace with the, with the victims. But he's still playing in 
regulate and trail of lies. And there's just been no acknowledgement of it whatsoever. Um, and people, I think, were just going to let it slide until he started a, a new, like, skate punk band with Parker from The Story So Far called No Pressure. It's weird because The Story So Far fans are calling this out despite the fact that they're apparently cool with Parker Cannon, like, fucking side B Falcon kicking a girl off the stage. Uh, <laughs> but... <laughs> But this is the line. I I don't know. It's it, it just feels like uh, like a fucking avalanche of shit all happened all at once. But I don't know. Fuck it. Let's purge as many shitty dudes as we can. For sure. We got no room for them. He got. Uh, we gotta talk about the real shit though. Did y'all see that uh, heart attack man notepad song? <laughs> no, no, I haven't no. heard it. I want the lowdown. <laughs> um, it was it's pretty cringe. That's that's really all I have. Honestly, to say. just the entire yeah. concept, what it was, is just cringe. <laughs> yeah. What was it? Uh, Eric basically just made like a meme song, making fun of dudes who apologize on the notepad. Oh. <laughs> made, it made a lot of people oh. mad. <laughs> As Heart Attack Man does. I remember uh, seeing the... this, but I never listened to it. But he like guested on a Juggalos song. <laughs> Sorry. The only thing I heard about Heart Attack Man uh, recently was when someone tried to, like, invent beef with them over the fucking DIY hierarchy thing. Um, <laughs> right. And uh, because Heart Attack Man's internet presence is just, like, advanced irony, I think it's impossible <laughs> to, like, quote-unquote win a beef with them. Uh, That's true. But I'd agree with that. <laughs> But I think that, like, this last week was just not a good week to be a member of Wasted Space. Because Wasted Space did the initial DIY hierarchy tweet. And then also, the like, another member of Wasted Space did, said the thing where, like, I'm sick of, like, all these alt kids. Uh, Wasted, space, like, Wasted Space is only one person. Oh, okay. So, so it person. sucks to be the only member of Wasted Space this week. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Mike. Uh, yeah, I love you. Oh shit! So who was the person who did the fucking uh, who said the fucking? Uh, I'm sick of all these alt kids like that claiming was, to be definitely me. Jack Morris. Yeah, Jack he Morris. runs a he's one of the four people that run Flea Collar Tapes. Okay, I th I think that whole situation was just funny because yeah, the original tweet was cringe, but okay, let's just like bully a 19 year old off the internet for posting <laughs> <Seven>. cringe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it it was a a fun week. I feel like everybody was at each other's throats a little bit, but it was just it was just kind of fun. All in good fun. Yeah, I don't think anybody was like really like deeply upset by that. Okay, cool. What was the point of the DIY hi hierarchy thing? I never saw it, and I can't find it. I don't know, but it's funny. <laughs> yeah, well, no one I, no, no one really see. knows what they were going for. Just word pizza or salad, whatever the fuck. Word salad. Actually, word pizza. I mean, the only thing missing was, you know, just like slapping the word capitalism at the end of it. Yeah, uh, definitely. <laughs> I did see someone say that it was bold of nice to put the entire DIY hierarchy on their album art. <laughs> that one was good. That cracked me up. Where, Kyle, where do you think we are in the DIY hierarchy? I don't know. Tippy top. Low mid tier. Yeah, low mid tier. <laughs> I'd say you're maybe like a priest or something. A priest? <laughs> <laughs> you're at least a rook. 
<laughs> I wonder if I should do another uh, let me roast your band thread. I think that would be fun. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Oh, that was classic. I'm glad I'm glad people still remember it. It's like in a uh, deep rest part of my memory. It was like the uh, only time that someone's ever like given like a solid jail socks roast. Thanks. I appreciate that. Okay. That's my only talent. That's a solid one. So the next the next ridiculous situation that we're we're gonna be talking about is the Mike Kinsella Juneteenth thing. Um are y'all, are y'all familiar with what happened with I that? I don't know shit about this one. Oh, there's layers to it. <laughs> okay, so basically, Mike Kinsella was like, okay, Owen's putting out this album. Um, and then uh, someone was like, what are you doing putting out this album on Juneteenth? Like, especially during like this extremely fraught time. And... Mike Kinsella didn't answer, and then the person like kept going and uh, saying, "Like, I, I want to sell drugs to your kids." Like, just trying to like provoke a reaction. Um, and then Mike Kinsella like screenshotted like a, a DM interaction they had with this person, where he was like, "Fuck you," and then basically like sicked his entire fan base on this kid. L- l- like, granted. The person I, I think should not have uh, continued to try and like go to reaction at a mic after like after like the initial thing fell flat. But I think it's like a real fucking irresponsible abuse of your platform to just be like, "Hey, here's here's this person who I feel has wronged me." Can all the thousands of people who follow me on Twitter harass them, but not really? <laughs> wink, wink. Not really. Yeah. It also kind of like uh, belies, you know, like how institutionally fucked the music industry is, uh, because there was like like a lot of like superficial recognition of Juneteenth, but nothing like actually like concrete or like changing the way that black musicians are actually treated by the music industry. Um, so it, it it just felt like this thing was like representative of a systemic issue that any remedy of this particular situation wasn't going to have a systemic impact. It was just a mess. So there's a couple of holes in the story. Mike did pledge that he was donating all of the band camp money from the album to Juneteenth. Okay. Um, okay. The person that did this was the drummer for Oso Oso. He also wrote a medium piece about Mike Kinsella bullied me. <laughs> After. Oh yeah, I do remember the medium piece because so, I actually talked to I actually talked to this person like oh really on like yeah I DM'd with with them on Twitter but I didn't know they have the drummer for Oso Oso yeah um I feel like both people kind of exacerbated the situation because like the person who was like I'm gonna sell drugs to your kids was like here's my experience with Mike and then Mike was just like look at what this person threaten uh my right. kids by doing so the other thing is is like fucking phoebe bridgers released her album on this day too and like didn't do anything about juneteenth oh, as well that's so that's because she's indie queen and she can't be criticized i know and that's how like i'm totally torn on like i think everyone did everything wrong in in, in the situation but also the industry like did fucking nothing about it so yeah Fuck yeah off. that's uh... That's exactly what I told this person on our Twitter DMs. I'm like, I'm sympathetic to what you're saying, but I think everyone came out of the situation looking like a huge jackass. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely a lot of layers to that one. Yeah. 
Did Oso take an L for that one, or? Well, I mean, I didn't even know that this person was connected to Oso Oso, so no. I mean, I don't know if they're like a full-time drummer, but that's definitely the, the audio tree drummer. Oh, word. Because uh, I don't even know if like there's actual band members for Oso Oso these days. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I didn't even know that was a, a thing happening, but then again, I've listened to like two Kinsella songs, I think, so. I will say, though, I think that Mike's reaction to I'm going to sell drugs to your kids was a little over the top because if I had kids, I probably would just think that was funny. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. I, like, that's definitely really funny. Threatening yeah. to sell drugs to Mike and sell his children. Yeah, and people were like concern trolling about how fucked up it was, but I think if it's that clearly a joke, there's no point in like getting your feathers ruffled about it. Well, I like, think definitely. the. I think the real problem was just the continued escalation on both sides. Yeah. All right, let's talk about shows aren't going to be coming back for a long time. Does anyone have any, like, predictions as to when you would be comfortable playing a show or when you think, like, touring will happen? I feel like 2022 will be the year. Maybe. Sweet. I. That's probably right. I know... So, like, we live in Cleveland, Tennessee, and everything is, like, 100% open, like, 100%, right? It's been open for, like, four or five months now. So, like, a bunch of local bands are playing shows and asking us to do it, but obviously we're not going to. I don't fucking know. I think it's kind of weird, like, a lot of, everyone on the internet's like, hey, don't play shows, and then all the fucking, like, 35-year-old men in Leonard Skinner cover bands are like, yo, guitar fight, you want to fucking play a show this <laughs> Yeah, everyone no playing offense. shows right now is no the exact to those same person. Men, but also offense. <laughs> Huge offense. Wait, what? What was that about everyone playing shows? I couldn't hear you. I think your signal was fading. Oh, true. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> oh, I forgot about all that. I, some, I uh, North Carolina shit. Yeah, I like forgot about it, and then I remembered. And I just searched Fading Signal on Twitter, and apparently the kid from Fading Signal got, like, called out for something. Yeah. It's advanced humor. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. I, I, think, I think we follow each other on Twitter or something. I didn't, I, I, I didn't know anything about, like, this person getting, getting called out. But it was, like, a, there was, like, a very aggressive Twitter thread that had, like, 20 likes. <laughs> yeah. But, that I found it in. It's definitely a thing where, like, I feel anyone who is playing a show right now is either being completely irresponsible or is just doing it as, like, a complete, <laughs> like, face wreck played a show. Like, it's hard for me to get mad about face wreck playing a show because face wreck is, is exactly the kind of band I would expect to play a show right now. 100%. <laughs> who is face wreck? They're like a... a, a a rap core band. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, that says it all. It's hard. I mean, it's hard to explain like w what they are. Um, besides just assuming that they are a troll from the get go. Okay. Um, <laughs> they're kind of like if tsunami wasn't funny. Oh God. <laughs> okay. So, Damn. so Kyle face Rex bio is face Rex is a sativa dominant hybrid strain created through the insanely potent OG face off X and the veals Rex strain. Like what the fuck? It's marijuana. It's marijuana. It's Are they like a DIY associated band? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not they're like, they're homies with Joe hardcore. Oh fuck. 
Yeah. And on the subject of Joe Hardcore, uh, <laughs> did anyone go to This Is Hardcore back in August? <laughs> what did happened? that actually happen? No, I don't think it happened, okay. but they never said that it wasn't <laughs> happening. Very strange. What's what's the Chili Dog show, Kyle? So there was a chili. So okay, there was a show in like Long Island or something that was like all hardcore bands, and the rules were you had to buy a chili dog if you were going to it, and then people were like lighting it up on Twitter and stuff like that. I think the discussion. I don't know. I think it was like a restaurant having a show in their back room, and okay. I think the chili dog was was like a means of okay, this is a restaurant having live music instead of this oh. is a show, and people were sense. like debating it online because it's like people that aren't actually from New York was like, why are you having a fucking show and shit like this, and then it turned into people being like, you're snitching on a live music venue and bands and shit like that. Oh, oh. I mean, people think that their, like, underground shows right now are popping off, but really just everyone kind of, like, looks dumb. I think, like, the Chili Dog show kind of represented, like, if you can somehow swing having a show, are you, like, canceled? Because it seems like there's just zero tolerance for shows, and I'm totally on that side. Like, don't fucking push it. Definitely on board with that one. I think, like, I I don't think that your situation is special enough for you to play a show when there's a whole bunch of bands that are actively losing out on revenue because they're being responsible. And the people who are having shows right now are the people who are drawing seven people anyway. Yeah. Yeah. All the same kind of person. I keep seeing, like, the the local bands defending playing shows like, I treat my band like it's a business. It's like, bro, you aren't making your living off your fucking country happy hour band. <laughs> country happy hour band. Honestly, if this scene is so worried about creating a safe space, then why the fuck would you risk putting your seven very dedicated fans at risk <laughs> of fucking deadly disease? Straight up. All seven of them. All seven of them. It's a safe space for coronavirus. One of them's yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Are y'all over like live streaming and stuff like that, or does it seem like people are over it? I'm not uh, really over it as much as like it feels like, like the whole scene, like as a unit, is over it. I, think I feel like it just ended. We haven't even yeah. we haven't done one yet, but I think we're gonna do one with like the alternative or whatever. So hopefully at least seven people. <laughs> at least hopefully seven of our dedicated fans tune in. We need a live stream revival. <laughs> <laughs> COVID part two. Easy live stream, hashtag twenty twenty. I don't know. It's just like I think I think the reason people are growing sick of it is because it's it's not like watching a show on Hate Five Six where you can see people like going off for the band. Right. It's just the band. It's it's you're basically watching a band practice, and there are very few bands I think who are like interesting to watch practice. Maybe maybe Rights of Spring would have been cool because apparently they broke instruments in practice. But <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> most people are not like uh, rich enough to be able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I also feel like live streams became such a thing. Like so quickly, and then all of a sudden you needed an agent to get on like the quote unquote right ones. Very weird. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. 
there's definitely a point where people found out that they should start charging for them too uh and that kind yeah. of was the sign of it going away definitely i mean like i know that they aren't diy bands but like beach bunny did one i think dogleg did like a paid one and then like yeah which like i'm not against by any means because it seems like a weird thing that was free for so long but yeah i i, I don't i i don't know how to make a, a live stream kind of special or like cut through the noise of like 20 other live streams happening on a friday night and i don't think we really figure that out real quick just on the subject of dog leg i am still not over the clerks music video <laughs> i know that shoe is perfect it's so, so good. good just so fucking good what's everyone's favorite quote from clerks i haven't seen the first one in ages so i can't think of anything what's your favorite quote from the second one <laughs> Same deal with the second one. Oh shit! Okay, it's been way too long. My favorite bit from Clerks one is the thirty-seven dicks, and then in a row. <laughs> Try not to suck any dick on your way through the parking lot. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Uh, I really like. There's a lot of fine women in the world, man, but not all of them are gonna bring you lasagna at work. <laughs> what? Uh, <laughs> so let's let's talk hardcore because there's a lot of shit that that's been going down in hardcore especially like recently first things first though uh rest in power riley from power trip um absolutely mm-hmm. yeah sad shit just so overwhelmingly fucked one thing that i really appreciate is that people mostly are honoring the family, uh, the family's request for privacy, and like not speculating on what happened. But that that's probably the best way to do this. I think there's there's no use in like talking about like the circumstances surrounding it. Just uh, remembering and celebrating all the awesome things that Riley did and all the community building that he did. Um, Definitely. Would y'all consider Power Trip like a metal band more than a hardcore band? I think I would. Like more like yeah. a crossover yeah. kind of band. Yeah, I mean, they definitely came from the hardcore scene, but I mean, the fact that they were touring with like fucking Anthrax and Lamb of God, I think they just like ascended to another level. Um, yeah, and definitely one of like the few like metal bands that I I thought was doing like extremely good shit, like shit that hasn't been done a million times before. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's a that's a huge fucking blow and. The Texas scene, especially, is just like reeling. Like, people are still talking about it, just their memories and. Yeah, RIP. I mean, they were one of the those metal bands that weren't afraid to say like, "Don't come to our shows if you're homophobic and shit like that." And yeah, everyone had only nice things to say about Riley and like so many people that were like un- unexpectedly friends and down with Power Trip. That that just says so much, you know. Fucking Greg from Red Eye, on Fox. Like, yeah, wild. I mean, fuck Fox News, but Greg wore a fucking power trip shirt on Fox News. That was yeah. wild. <laughs> Nothing but respect. You know, the cra- the craziest thing I saw was Coheed and Cambria tweeting, uh, rest in peace, Riley. We were looking forward to making noise with you next year. So I guess there was a Coheed and Cambria uh, power trip tour booked. Wow. I think I might be turning a corner on Coheed and Cambria. Like, I still don't think that they're very good, but they're fucking fascinating. Could never get into that band. Welcome Home will always slap. It sounds like the Tetris theme song. (laughs) (laughs) It's probably the point. 
Vane is now Vane.fm, uh, like officially. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, I, they're still listed as Vane on Spotify, but like all their like official uh, stuff and like they're booking on that fest in the UK that just came out. They're listed as Vane.fm. Uh, which I think is a smart rebranding because they just put out like a like a fucking remix album. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds like early two thousands Nine Inch Nails. <laughs> Did you That's listen to really that hard. like quote unquote? Uh, I think it's billed as an acoustic track. No, it's just like a lot of silence with clean vocals on it. It's it kind of sucks. Oh, uh, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I still like Vane though. Um, uh code orange put out like a record at the very beginning of quarantine got fucked um yeah but i i really respect them for like uh being like the the first band to do that live stream thing with hey five six um and i think that they are they're probably handling this the best like out of all the big bands that i've seen um you know from from the basement to the grammys you gotta you gotta show respect Aren't they like uh, Twitch streamers now or something? I think so. Nice. <laughs> I can't. I can't wait till they start selling gamer girl bathwater. <laughs> I buy. What wrestler did they make a song for? So it was it was Alistair Black's walk-in song called "Root of All Evil," and Code Orange performed it live, and then the singer of Incendiary did vocals. Okay, Ooh, which is, which is fucking gnarly. Like, it almost made me, like, want to watch wrestling. (laughs) (laughs) Almost. Almost. What happened recently? Someone lost an eye, right? (laughs) What? Yeah, a wrestler, like, very recently just, like, lost an eye. I mean, obviously not really. Like, it was was kayfabe or whatever you call it. Wrestling is better than soap operas, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Hell yeah. A fucking, uh, what's his name? Husker Du used to write for WWF. Yeah, yeah, I, I just read his autobiography. And I think it's real cool that he wrote the Daily Show theme song, but That's the version right. that you hear is that they might be Giants cover of the Daily yeah. Show. <laughs> that rocks. <laughs> That's so lit. It, so with Code Orange, is it confirmed that Jamie's now just a front man? I think so. Um, I don't know who the, who the new drummer is, though. People identify them because of his tattoos. <laughs> I just saw that. Who is it? Yeah, who it, is it? Some guy that was in some other hardcore bands that didn't really do much. Wait, Aiden, did Coleman did Coleman come back? Did the homie get his Duncan? Aiden's on mute. Oh fuck, Aiden's on mute. Wow, good oh, time. Shit. Oh fuck, Aiden's dead. It's uh, not a fucking it's not a no name hardcore band, Kyle. It's uh the kid from Thirty Nights of Violence. That band rules. I had never heard of that band. <laughs> yeah, Kyle. Uh, you should listen to them. They sound okay. like uh sound like early two thousands Zayo. Do we need to add Aiden back? I'm never gonna know if Coleman got his Duncan or not. Hello. Yo. Yo. That was fucked up. Screen. Yo, I'm Aiden. Not going. Off. Yo, yo, Aiden. Did Coleman get the Duncan? Oh yeah. Fuck yeah! All right, cool. <laughs> I think right, I and... actually might have to hop off soon. <laughs> okay. I need me to do some more tracking. All right. So I guess That's last thing before you dip, let's talk about Gulch. All right. Uh, so the, I think the, the fucking nutso thing about this Gulch record coming out is it's like the fastest I've seen any like physical press of a record sell out in years. Um, it was like immediate. Yeah. Uh, I stayed up till midnight to buy a copy. You got it? Did they do like eight variants? Yeah. 
Yeah, because they're they're super capitalist. Uh, of course. <laughs> God damn it! I still haven't listened to it. Oh, it's, it's like thirteen really minutes long. Just yeah, just, just oh. do it. Yeah, and it ends with a fucking Susie and the Banshees cover that they like didn't actually change it much, but it sounds fucking hardcore. That's dope. Um, yeah, it's real good. The thing about the thing about the Gulch release going crazy is it kind of kickstarted this weird discussion on Twitter about like our our bands capitalist for putting out merch, um, which is just like insipid to me. Uh, like, do you do you own like pri- private property? No, then you're not a fucking capitalist. And this band probably makes like tops like. 30k a year split between five people they're not they're not fucking capitalists they're just trying to survive (laughs) also apparently they're gonna break up soon (laughs) what yeah david anthony did an interview uh with them and they're like they have like a plan they're gonna like do like one last release and then call it quits just like for legacy reasons i think that's nuts weird what what's their actual dis- discussion about them being capitalists because they were selling yes. because because they were selling t-shirts? Yes, there was like fucking discourse. Yeah, that's so stupid. Um, I know, I know. And the the funny the funniest thing was they were like the I think the singer tweeted out, "Hey, if you see like any kids uh, who are like flipping like Gulch merch for outrageous prices." Uh, next time we tour, point them out of the show and we'll kick their ass. And then someone was like, oh, capitalists threatening to beat up capitalists. Such much irony. <laughs> so, so Did y'all see that that um, that rapper Milo was sick of his records getting flipped? So he so his he sold his newest record for seventy seven dollars and it sold out. <laughs> oh, my God. Jesus Christ. Power play. I- by contrast, like Gulch did, like a whole other pressing of the of the Sanrio hoodie, because of how like how much people were like selling it for on Depop and shit. Like they they went to their own pockets to do that. I don't think that's fucking capitalist. No. And don't they like uh, press all their merch themselves? Yeah. Yeah. Someone someone in there was like, "Don't blame Gulch, blame it on the label." But I think that's also dumb and missing the point. Like. Yeah. Even if it was the label, I don't think the label itself is capitalist either. Like, just, just absurd. So, are we are we at the last topic now? Sounds good to me. Uh, which is, there's been some releases tr- trickling out of emo and stuff like that, and hardcore and every genre. Uh, but I guess like, what are you listening to? And like, I guess the larger discussion is like, what are your listening habits turning into in quarantine? Because I. I personally have been like listening to more podcasts than music lately, and I think that's just because my attention span is like I feel less inclined to check out no- new music and shit. Like I haven't listened to the new Dikembe or anything like that, and I don't know why. Uh, the new Dikembe music video is great. They they put out a video game, right? Was that the band that did that? I think so. All I know is they they put out like a video, and it was just like. Uh, I forget the I forget the guy, but they photo just photoshopped this guy's face onto a bunch of like clips of other bands' music videos, and it was really funny. That's tight. Um, so I like like at the beginning of quarantine, I wasn't listening to anything. I stopped listening to podcasts and like music like almost entirely. I just like didn't feel any motivation, but it's it's starting to come back. 
I really like the new Be Well record, which is uh, fucking dope melodic hardcore. This new band uh, just came out called Every Scar Has a Story, and it's Rob from 108 and Tom from You and I, uh, and it's just fucking like ripping. Like it's really really fucking good. And then I also like went on a binge of like garbage 90s rock, like <laughs> the Goo Goo Dolls. I've been on that. Fucking shit. love the Goo Goo Dolls. <laughs> Goo Goo Dolls um, are sick. They're so sick. Today I listened to No Rain by Blind Melon like five times in a row when I woke up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kyle, have you heard the new Bright Eyes album? I have not. It's not bad. It sounds like Bright Eyes. Uh, it doesn't sound like fucking Better Oblivion Community Center, which I was afraid of. Is it a lot of uh, piano? Because that's where we left off with Bright Eyes and Connor shit. No, there's like a there's like a weird ragtime song that's okay. like the intro uh, with like just people like mutedly talking over it uh but i mean that's nothing new that's just like the first song for lifted basically yeah uh, it's also hard like it's it's weirdly harder for me to keep up with new things coming out during quarantine because i feel like i have no routine um, exactly i think so like i think that's what's kind of choked my music intake yeah i haven't been listening to much of anything I haven't been keeping up with like any like new releases i've just been like binge listening to the beatles What's uh, what's your favorite Beatles songs? Right now, my favorite record is Magical Mystery Tour. Okay. I think that shit's like flawless. So everything on Who, that. Who's your favorite member? Probably probably Paul, just to be safe. I mean, I think when I was younger and I wanted to be like contrarian, I mean, the real contrarian thing would have been to like say I hate the Beatles, but that shit's corny. Um, right. But like. I, I I was like, oh yeah, George Harrison's my favorite. No slander to George, but I like the older I get, the more I think that Paul McCartney just wrote perfect fucking pop songs. Definitely. Twist and shout, perfect. Perfect Amazing. song. Other than that, At, just a lot of Third Eye Blind and Matchbox Twenty. Fuck yeah. I can't fuck with Matchbox Twenty. That's like the one '90s trash band that I can't get down with. I mean, that's fair. Do you think uh, Third Eye Blind is emo pop? At least I the first so. record. Yeah. It's in so fucked up tunings. Yeah, it's in fucked up tunings. They're playing like an eight-string bass on it. Um, yeah. Also, just in case, my phone might die in the next like minute or so. So I just want to put that out there. All if right. I, if I don't, <laughs> have, I, I don't have access to a charger right now. If your phone dies, that means that you are free. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I've been listening to a lot of Wrist Meets Razor and Alan Jackson. <laughs> That's a sick mix. <laughs> Did you uh, have you listened to like it's not new but like the last thing that Wrist Meets Razor put out, "Take Your Shot, Fun Boy"? That song. Yeah, that shit slaps. Slapper. Yeah, I'm really proud of Wrist Meets Razor because it started out as like literally just like bedroom screamo, but you know Justin Fornoff, who was like a Vegas like hardcore luminary, uh, joined, and also Brian Prosser, and I think they've just been like one of the most successful like of the screamo bands turning metalcore wave i think they write like really like compact uh powerful songs so hell yeah what about the rest of guitar fight yeah other members of guitar fight uh i mean lately i i haven't really been keeping up with new releases either uh i'm kind of having a hard time motivating myself to do anything lately so i've just been kind of like trying to get some some pep in my step i guess i've been listening to early zayo you said zayo earlier uh i love protest the hero 
just recently got into them, like probably one of my top five favorite bands. Uh, just recently started listening to Frail Body. I Hell yeah. Ooh, yeah. Such a good band. Uh, Ostraka. I like Ostraka. Uh, Incendiary. The Thousand Mile Stare is like fucking amazing album. Perfect. And I mean, that's pretty much it. And I just like started listening to Power Trip again because, you know, just sad. It's so fucking good. The live album is so fucking perfect. That band was un- like unfuckwithable live. And there's this bit near the end where uh, Riley's like, thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen, dirtbags, and everyone in between. And I was like, I feel so seen. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Ryan's a... Uh, yeah, where, where's the... Gone somewhere. Ryan ran away. But Ryan's probably listening to, like, uh, what, Hidden Machine? Yeah, he likes Hidden Machine. And he listens to Incendiary a lot, too. Wait, I have a question for you, Ellie. What, what's your take on Horse the Band? Um, so I think a lot of bands that try to do what Horse the Band did, like the Nintendo Core thing, come off like painfully fucking corny. But for some reason, when Horse the Band does it, it just sounds tight. It's just right. Uh, it's just right. Like, gonna do a reunion tour or something like that? Yeah. 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 And it just, uh, with everything going on, it just didn't happen. Um, it, I'm gonna, all right, I'm, I'll probably send this to the Skype chat later, but. One of my friends on Facebook runs like this uh, this YouTube channel that uploads like really like obscure demos, and they uploaded like Horse the Band demos from like 2000, 2001, and they sound fucking unreal. So I'm gonna send that to the chat. Oh fuck yeah! Yeah. I asked the right person. Hell yeah! <laughs> Do you listen to Sky Eats Airplane? Never heard of him. Oh, All right, if you like Horse band. the Band, you'll like Sky Eats Airplane. Totally. Yeah. Were Horse the Band one of the first bands to do that shit? Um, they they I think they were the first band to like call themselves Nintendo Core. Yeah. Like I don't I don't know if that was like an actual like official term they used, but they like embraced it. And they're they're definitely like the biggest band in that scene for for a reason because they're the best songwriters. Right. Um, I will say though. Uh, there was a band in the 90s called Creation is Crucifixion uh, that put out a record on a fucking Game Boy cartridge. That band's ridiculously good. People in my small town were talking about Horse the Band, and they were also talking about that band, Dr. Acula. Do you remember them? Oh, yeah, the band with the Goosebumps song titles. Yeah, they suck. <laughs> it, it, it was fucking garbage, and people tried to call it Grindcore and shit like that. They, like, They're like Deathcore. How do y'all feel about that uh, that newer band, Mikau? Oh fuck uh, yes! Yeah, fuck they're yes. they're really fucking good. Uh, it's I the drummer the from Infant Island is in that oh, one, right? Dope. We got yeah. the quads <laughs> way back when at the VFW in DC. Yeah, for Commander Salamander's uh, release show for Off the Goop, Miku played at that or whatever, and they were fucking sick, tight as fuck. Yeah, that sounds like an incredible lineup. They are very cool. Yeah, they're live. sick. They're sick. Very very cool. All right. Who's got a? Uh, who's got any last minute hot takes? <laughs> Fuck. Third Eye Blind invented emo. <laughs> <laughs> they invented the open tuning. I'm gonna. I'm gonna rate that take. Burned your hand on the stove hot. It's not quite furnace hot, but it's pretty hot. I'll take what I can get. <laughs> it's, a, it's a second take. I don't have a take, but I have a fun fact. 
the Goo Goo Dolls uh, have the highest selling record on Metal Blade Records. Yeah. Whoa. They're they're hardcore kids. Yeah. Like, I think just goes back to like my overarching theory of all good rock music comes from hardcore within the last like 40, 50 years. I think you can trace it all back to hardcore. That's definitely fair. Um, I have a fun fact. Did you guys know that the the biggest influence on Captain Jazz's sound was Jane's Addiction? That's really wild. Yeah, that's like my favorite fun fact, especially because uh, <laughs> I was I I've been doing this huge essay on the Wonder Years, on the Depression trilogy, and there's that one line in uh, My Life Is Rob Gordon where he says, my mom says there's no songs with her name in them except for one about a crackhead and Janie, Janie's got a gun. And uh, it took me like way too long to figure out that that was Jane Says by Jane's Addiction, which is a great song. I'm not hip to like any Jane's Addiction. Uh, so if you have any recommendations. It's like both cringe it. and kind of cool at the same time. It's my favorite kind of shit. Yeah. Yeah, if, are you familiar with the band Camper Van Beethoven at all? I'm not. Okay, I was gonna like compare the sounds, but it's like uh, I'd say like the bi- the basic roots of of the sound is like punk, but they add in like so much like funk and college rock influence. Um, they're like a nineties de- band, right? Yeah. Uh, their big hit, their like Jane says about uh, that song, "Nothing Shocking," came out in '88. Really? Uh, they were like, yeah, they were like oh. one of the very first like alt rock bands to have a mainstream hit, and then REM came out with "Losing My Religion," and then of course "Smells Like Teen Spirit." But definitely nothing shocking. And the album that came out right after it with Ben Cot stealing on it, I'd recommend. Dope. I know Yuri. Do you have a hot take? Mechanical keyboards are fucking stupid. They're too loud. That's my hot take. They hurt my ears. It's too clacky. <laughs> too clacky. <laughs> I heard this recently and it like blew my mind. Um, is it pronounced Moog sense or Moog sense? Moog. It's Moog. Moog. Yeah. That fucking yeah. that that blows my goddamn mind. I've been saying live, Moog for my entire life. I live two hours away from the Moog factory in Asheville. Oh fuck! fuck? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. That's where that's super at. dope. They have like a fest there, right? Yeah. You can like go into the factory and they have like a main lobby that's just like full of all their shit. You can fuck around with it. It's sick. That's tight. I was in Asheville once. So was, that, that place is pretty dope. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty place, but it sucks. <laughs> yeah, I feel like you'd run out of shit to do there really, really fast. Tennessee blows hard dick. I think underground country artists do everything emo artists are trying to accomplish, but better. Who are some underground country artists that we should be hip to? Uh, definitely check out Sierra Farrell. She's fucking awesome. Uh, Gus Clark, also killing the fucking game. And these guys aren't as underground, but, like, Tyler Childers and Coulter Walls are both fucking awesome. Like, if you don't like country music, listen to those country artists. They'll probably change your mind. Basically, anything that's not on country radio that is country is probably pretty good. That's that's good to know, because I, like, when I do listen to country, I mostly listen to, like, older shit. Um... Like and the only like recent country artist that I ever see people talk, like talk up is Sturgill Simpson. Oh, uh, Sturgill fucking Simpson! Sturgill Holy rocks, shit. yeah. Holy shit! But fun fact: Sturgill Simpson actually um, was the dude who mentored Tyler Childers. 
yeah those two are like following that shit and i think like tyler childers was supposed to go on the big sturgill simpson arena tour uh simpson made is really cool the movie or there's like a soundtrack that he made a movie for oh yes i was about to bring that up the dead don't die the jim jarmusch movie that is really cool i think that shit is freaking sick uh, if anyone is still listening at this point, watch The Dead Don't Die just uh, just so you can see fucking Kylo Ren say the word ghouls. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess my last hot take is that uh, if you think that Arcade Fire is better than Motion City Soundtrack, you're a cuck. <laughs> is this like a brewing discussion somewhere? Or are you just comparing no. the two? If yeah, it's not no, brewing, it's, it's not it brewing, just pop- how to make it brew. Yeah. I like the it's first gonna, two Arcade Fire albums. Uh, this this girl I knew in high school was like the biggest Arcade Fire fan, um, and she uh, worked at a record store for like three years. So that's that's the type of demographic that I associate with Arcade Fire is people who still work at a record store in their hometown. I I can't imagine still liking them though, because I wouldn't know. I've I've not actually never listened to Arcade Fire. <laughs> People just call him Indie Slipknot. That's sick. <laughs> um, Aiden's not here, but thank you, Aiden, for coming on. Thank you, Aiden. Yeah, we love you. Uh, Guitar Fight, thank you for coming on. Uh, I, I I really like doing this episode. I feel like it was it it was good to kind of talk about heavy shit uh, last time, and then kind of like shake the dust off the shelves and get back into grooving with the homies. So, oh, yeah. hell yeah. Uh, we're going to try and double down on new Eward episodes. And I'm I'm going to reach out pretty soon and see if we can get. I yeah. think that'd be fun. Oh, fuck yeah. Let's that do sounds it. Awesome. If he would, if that fucker would just accept my friend request on Facebook. <laughs> he still has a Facebook. Yeah. We have, like, Basket case. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Coming out with bangers today. <laughs> We gotta take a sec, see how the long view of the situation looks. Oh God! <laughs> when we come around to it again, I, I'm sure. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> All these American idiots. If you're if you're upset about these puns, fuck off and die. <laughs> <laughs> my head is now brains too. <laughs> this combo's got the brains. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I just did a manual for like. 20 minutes straight in Tony Hawk. <laughs> <laughs>